0: Boom, boom. How are we doing? There we go. There we go. There we go. The kids are playing upstairs and tapped on the, the Wi Fi connection, but we good now.
1: Oh, right on, right on. Man, I and I we're all able to get together. Uh, we were trying out a fun little way to play the Instagram live record, while we were recording our podcast. Didn't work out too well. That's all right. And we are still here to bring you episode number seven. Here for the people.
2: It's what we do. Good afternoon, fellas. How are you?
1: There he goes. What's up, card killer? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right.
2: I'm doing all right here, man. I'm celebrating a beautiful day in New York City. We had about 70 degrees and sun. So, uh, enjoyed it.
1: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. So... Uh, We were talking the other day about how San Francisco, in particular, is kind of opening up now. Uh, My work included, uh, Cobb's Comedy Club. How has the situation been like in New York? Have you guys been kind of opened up already or are you still more closed closed off? How is the situation out there?
2: Now, it's getting better and better every day. I mean, all those numbers have been down. So um, they promised that they would open things up quick when once the numbers reflected it correctly. And it and it really has. I mean, it, so many of us have gotten the vaccination. I've been I just got my second shot five days ago. So I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, my whole family is yeah. that process has been, you know, happening for a long, long time because they were only letting The older, like an older group of people um, get the vaccine for essential workers, including nurses, firefighters, cops and stuff. So those people are pretty much all vaccinated. Now it's the general public. Anybody, I believe at the moment, it's anybody 16 and up can get it. And uh, you don't really need an appointment. It's just kind of a walk in thing. So the businesses have been opening up a lot quicker. And every day you hear a new date being set. For when things are going to be like fully open, like even today, every uh, the the mayor said that the schools will be open one hundred percent in the fall. So mm-hmm. like we're looking forward to that, and everybody's kind of getting back to normal. The restaurants are doing well; they're at seventy five percent capacity, but you can go and you can sit. You have to wear a mask and everything, but it's better than out just strictly outdoor dining. And events are starting to come back. You know, uh, shows are coming. Me personally, I have two rock bands that i'm in, so i'm looking forward to get back getting back out to performing uh and we have shows lined up for the summer already, you know because everybody's kind of anxious for it so I've been at rehearsal quite a bit now lately, and I'm looking forward to it and you know the city's just getting getting more normal in each day that goes by that's what that's what it feels like mm-hmm. for
1: me that's awesome, as I was telling you yesterday uh I went and attended the very first comedy show in one year and about three months uh, at Cobb's Comedy Club. And it was all it was all the local comics that I've been watching for years at this point, uh, minus Bryant. I'd love to – I can't wait to see Bryant again. B. Okay. And uh, I got to tell you, it was surreal. It was surreal. It was almost like nothing had changed other than – Everybody gained about seventy five pounds. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some point, some people are to the point where it's almost they're like almost unrecognizable. Like, oh shit, you know. But 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 no one can judge on that because we've all been locked down. I mean, I haven't. There, there's been days where I haven't left the house, so I can relate. I'm, I'm one of those people that have put on some weight, you know. But uh, it has definitely been an observation. Uh, but it, it it was it was refreshing, refreshing to see people out and about, laughing. The response was great, and it was. I, I just really hope that the uh, the direction stays on course, and as the numbers keep uh, dropping with the with with COVID, and increasing with the um, capacities and all that, I hope that you know, we don't fall back and go towards the wrong direction. So I hope everybody, you know, acts accordingly and is professional while they're going back to work. And hopefully we can keep this thing under control and, and and get the world back to where it should be.
2: So Donnie, you're, you're going to be seeing comedy now on a weekly basis, right? Because you're going back. Yes, sir.
1: I will be there tonight at, six o'clock p.m. Pacific time and I'll be serving uh tables for basically the same exact show that I watched last night which yeah. is cool because now you know now I don't need to pay attention because I uh, already heard it and it's there's gonna it's gonna be a big learning curve it's a completely new menu I haven't used the the digital system in well over a year so uh, and it's all done in the dark <laughs> Yeah. While you're enforcing a two drink minimum. So there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into that job. Uh, I'm just grateful that I have been able to obtain my own success on my own accord with this whole pandemic season, as you, as you can say. And uh, I can just kind of go back to the comedy club and enjoy it rather than Spending all of my time focusing on how, how can I make this comedy club better? How can I work my way up here? Uh, my view has changed, you know. Of course, I want the comedy club to do well. I, I want to stay a part of it. However, um, my my aspirations have have changed, you know. I, uh, I am accomplishing uh, quite a bit on my own. And I want to keep that that train rolling while I'm able to enjoy some laughs and, and get paid doing it. So hopefully it works out well.
2: I I certainly, I certainly think you have an opportunity to meld the two in a way that you weren't able to do before the pandemic based on your experiences since like, you know, how you take control basically of your Instagram page that you can, uh, you know, apply it to that, you know, uh, area of your work and, you know, networking, uh, things like that. You know, I see that definitely happening for you. Uh, uh how about a joke? You can cop a joke, cop a joke, put a, put a joke of the day on the podcast and, and get it from the comedy club. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, one thing that, one thing that I am very interested in doing and I see myself doing it in the very near future is putting together a Ten to fifteen minute stand up routine, uh, completely based around the hobby of sports cars. Yes, I think, I think I, it, it would be. It, it's one of those things where you got to know your audience. Yeah. So when I do that at a normal show, I'll probably be looked at like a weirdo. However, it'll start. I'll be. I'll be starting to be known as that guy. Oh, here goes that card collecting asshole. You know um but if you're funny you can't you can't deny funny and and there's there there are ways to relate the hobby into everybody's normal day-to-day so it's all about finding how to do that and, you know the more the more people you can reach at once and and connect with at once the better and that's that's very hard to do you know if you have an audience filled with young people old people uh, gay people straight people women men like to can to be able to connect with all of them at once that that's an art form you know it really yeah. is
2: it certainly is man i mean best of luck to you man that that's a hard sell i you know i i've seen comedy clubs i've been there and i I've, I've seen people who attempt it and it's it's some of the hardest shit to do in the world is to be a good comedian man it's the years and years I, i've seen people go through it I just really I, I'm like pulling for you and I want to make sure that like people kind of understand where you're coming from. It's like I can see you like rocking the stage at a at a card convention. That'd be hilarious. But, you know, you get a room full of women. They're going to look at you with two heads on. So, like, it's such a hard sell. And I'm, I'm proud of you for giving it a shot. Uh, yeah, you know, well, I look forward to hearing it.
1: I appreciate that, man. And you are correct about that. However, I have somebody film it. And then I posted on my Instagram. Guess what? My entire audience—that's all that they care about. So there you go. That, yeah, that's. I mean, I, not not to be egotistical in any way, shape, or form, but I have been able to put in a lot of work during this pandemic to to raise my following number, and I'm I'm uh, I'm near I'm nearing thirty thousand followers at the moment, mm-hmm. and. I got. I got to be honest. Like there are, there are many, there are many headlining comedians that come through and play a full weekend at uh, clubs like mine all the time, and I mean they have half of the following that I have. Yeah. Of course, not all of my followers like comedy. They don't all like to laugh. You know <laughs> How, <laughs> But they all do like cards, and I can connect with them on that level. So. It's it's gonna be it's it's I, I definitely got my work cut out for me, but it's there there there's definitely a niche uh, market there, and if anybody could do it, I think it would be me. So hopefully yeah. it works out. <laughs> the, the end of Donnie's show is gonna sound something like this. <laughs> 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 well, and guess what, man? Uh, it turns out my boy Pete lives a few miles away from me. So the next time I hop on stage, man, I hope you can find a babysitter for them kids. Oh, definitely.
0: I'll get the permission slip signed and I'll make sure I get out there to support my guy. I have to.
1: It's a must. I got you, man. I'll put you on the guest list. Oh, I like that. I I worked at the comedy club for over three years before I got the balls to get up on stage. And it it really is a, a bummer of how the pandemic kind of came in into effect. Uh, the, f- the very first time I got on stage was in front of 140 people at an actual showcase show. I'm not talking an open mic, none of that, a real, real showcase show where people paying money to expect you to, to come with it. And, and I was, and they made me, they made me go first even. And uh, it went, it went well. I got, I got offered three other uh, spots, two of them paid gigs. Nice. And I'm telling you, I, I'd never even touched the stage before that. And everybody, I mean, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I could, I know how the, uh, how, how the vibe was. And I, all of my coworkers are sitting there working while I'm going on stage and I, I'd be, I'd be shocked if not all of them thought I was going to get up there and fail. So it was cool to get up there and, and, and just calm people down, you know, like, You don't, you ain't got to worry about Donnie B. Donnie B, Donnie B, all right. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You never hear about those stories for the first time
0: comedians getting on stage and actually doing well, Donnie. That's the first, (laughs) you don't hear that a lot.
1: And you never, well, and and so everybody, I'm telling you, everybody was doubting me because we all are in the industry. So we know that it's super abnormal, the route that I took. Usually, you go to an open mic and then you do horrible. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I better change this, this, and that. Um, I, I didn't do that. And I, here I've been so close to the stage for multiple years and I had the opportunity to get up and there was about maybe a month of preparation that I had. And while I'm, I mean I'm telling you I wrote my first joke which was the only hobby related joke I wrote that on my way to the venue that night and I'm I'm on a set list with six other comedians that are literally practicing the same set that they've been doing for 6 months word for word so it's it's understandable why all of them thought I was going to get up there and just shit my pants it's uh but, but really, man, confidence goes a long way. And, but I will say this as confident as I was for like the three days leading up to it, dude, that day of, I was, whew. I have a question
0: for you, Donnie. I have a question for you. So, cause I ask myself this sometimes with my career, my professional career, cause I didn't take the traditional route to become a Dean of students at school. I don't have the credentials or college degree, but, I can't say that there were other aspects in my life where I got most or some of that information that I needed or skill set that I needed along the way or I failed at some point along the way that prepared me to succeed when I was thrown to the wolves. Do you have any experiences that you can say, okay, well, maybe it wasn't my first time on stage I failed, but I failed back then doing something totally different so I was ready to be on stage?
1: Yeah. Um, I Yeah, definitely. So... I have been writing poetry for quite a while uh, I don't I don't write it currently to this day. I wish that I spent more time uh, dedicating to to that craft I'm I have I have a, a very powerful way with the words, especially when I take the time to coordinate them and me and my brother were living in Chico, California, going to school out there at the community college. hey uh, shout out to the butte Roadrunners. that's butte, where i used to
0: play against them i went to college in Marin, so they were on our schedule twice a year i never beat them but i used to put up numbers though
1: yeah, I, <laughs> I grew up in Marin, so i know all about it i grew up yeah, in calm baby yeah and so yeah that's where aaron Rodgers went he went to butte uh aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers' brother mm-hmm. while we're out there me and my brother both big fans of poetry and this, this little cafe started doing poetry slams and that definitely caught our attention. So we start, we start going to them and it's, it's like every other Tuesday or something like that. And the dude that coordinates it every, every time they'd have that event, he would personally fly out a, like a super high level professional uh, poet to come and perform. So it was, it was, a, it was like Whoa. a real experience. And oh. then you have however many people there are, like, you know, actually competing against each other. Uh, they're getting ranked. Uh, you know, people are, are they, they give three people like a judging number between one and 10. And, you know, they do round one, round two, round three, that winner. And me and my brother probably attended. Like seven or eight of those events. Some of them were bigger than others. Uh, some some of them were only a couple people showed up. Some of them had fifty people there. You know, crammed the wall. You know, wall to wall. you can't really see anything. And so there's about yeah about seven or eight times where we attended it. And then the 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 dude named Taz who hosted it. His name was Taz. Came up to us. And he's like, he's like, like, yo, what's going on with you guys? I I always see you here. Do you guys write poetry? And, and, you know, we're both shy. Like, yeah, we write a little bit, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, why don't I ever see you get up on stage? And it's like, well, you know, we just come to kind of appreciate uh, what everybody else got to say. And, and then he just kind of, kind of gave us a a solid hype, hype session when it's like, well, you got something to say too, man. I see you. I see you, you, you bought your notebooks, man. I bet you got something to say in those notebooks. And so the very next time, uh, that event happened two weeks later, me and my brother both, uh, competed in it. My brother, my brother's, uh, three years older than me. I'm 31. He's 34. He'll, he'll be 34 in a couple days. Actually, uh, happy birthday, Dustin. It'll probably air around that time or a little Ooh. before. And so. We competed. He, he competed in the haiku uh, portion, which was unique. Uh, not, it's not what I do, but it's, it was very cool to see that. <laughs> then I competed in the spoken word. And, uh, I dude, very long story short, I fucking – I ended up winning it. And I won, like, 80 bucks, something like that. And uh, – i'm telling you they had they had two of my friends act as one of the judges and for each round they gave me the lowest score mm. want to be biased because i was their friend and every i got 10s from everybody else it just and it's just it, it proved to me exactly what i thought i was never never in an egotistical way thinking man i'm better than these fucking dickheads on the stage uh telling their poems <laughs> but i always felt like i had something to offer in in that realm and that people might like it more than what is currently being said and i often feel that way with with comedy as well so i i get a lot of examples of what i what i don't want to do what i don't want to be like and i get plenty of examples of things that I can learn from to, to where I can incorporate them into whatever I'm doing. That's crazy. I couldn't tell if
0: you were talking about comedy or art for a second, because it just sounded hand in hand.
2: It
1: is. Comedy is an art form, my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: I, I see it too, when it comes down to the art in you, Donnie. I mean, you make, you make the art based on what you feel inside of you, man. You're not like... You're you're offering something just like you did with your poetry. You just that's probably maybe why you're not concentrating so much on poetry now is because your your art is going somewhere else and it, it's it means it's still there. It's just that's a part of your process, you know. I feel that you're you're still in the thick of it. You're just in a different arena, maybe right?
1: I agree, man. Uh, I mean, I spend a lot of time writing hip hop music as well, uh-huh. and it just it just becomes. A transfer of passions, you know, life circumstances, yeah, life circumstances uh, dictate a lot of changes in your environment, and your interests will will just go to different places, and it's it's almost just like uh, finding a different avenue in your brain to access and utilize that has always been there. But you had to untap it. Yeah, like and- I I know that I could always go back and write a poem, but I could also learn how to make art card. I could learn how to do this. I can, I could I could spend my time writing a new stand up set. You know, uh, it's it just it started to feel like poetry was such it, it was such a personal thing. Like no matter how good I got at it, I never wanted to be a professional poet.
2: Yeah, that's very so, in, intimidating area for sure.
1: Well, there, first, I mean, not to be a dig, there's there's no money in it unless you are the top one percent, right? And... Yeah, it makes
2: it it makes it interesting that you know you don't want to be a, like you know a poet because it's also this huge world, like you said, one percent. Uh, we go into something like card art, which is something that we're kind of like in in the trenches and we've been there since the beginning like and that's something that we can cultivate and spread and i think that's and that's what you're doing Uh, i think that we're all doing it in our own way and i think it's awesome that you know this pandemic had a blessing with that and a lot of artists who were stuck at home kind of caught on to that you know and and that fire kind of spread and uh just love being a part of it and love the fact that you're in it too donnie and and like like i said it's a transfer of passion but it was necessary because you didn't have the stage anymore. You didn't have a spoken word night, you know, but you yeah. have card art night. Yeah. Every night.
1: Very true, man. And just like you said, we are all, it's almost ground level with card art. And it's so awesome to see different, different strokes for different folks. It's very cool yeah, to sure. see. You know, some people will pick up the paintbrush. And add some some crazy stuff to it. Some people pick up the X-Acto knife and and start slicing it up, and it's just it's so unique to see how creative people will get. Of course, mine was mine was I wouldn't say purely based on survival, but I wanted I, I, I wanted a, to to start finding uh, a different way of of making a living in the hobby without liquidating my collection, (laughs) you know, (laughs) straight up like that, that man, uh, that can only get you so far. And then you're heartbroken with, with your thumb up your butt, you know? So rather than me helping other people make money with this creative art form that I couldn't help, but feel like I could add my own spark, my own, little, little piece into it. And I, and I truly think I have, man. I mean, I see people copy me all the time and, and I don't get mad at it. It's, it, I feel like that's, that's what I've added to the space.
2: And uh, Peter's added hip hop straight in up the,
1: in the best way possible. Hey man, and job, that, the, that, the, that's
0: our platform. jobs. Slabby. And then also, man, to th- there's people who have like Donnie. I mean, you, like you, you mentioned you've been an artist, you've written, songs poetry before i have to give a plug out to jake again man the greater uh he he me and jake did a tiktok together where we rapped about the hobby together and was creative and i think it was card killer putting that energy out there that made it possible and i had been talking about it for a long time but we finally figured out how to make it happen with our schedules and still make it easy just use social media so it was fun we plan on building on that and doing some more but as y'all were saying just the amount of art that has yet to be added and shown in the hobby it's going to be great at least the art part of it is going to be great for sure
2: It really will. to grow it
0: really it's will. only going to grow
2: and that was fire that was an awesome thing that you guys did uh you and jake uh I always said that you know a, a, a good movie is only good because of its score, man. And you're providing that for us, man. God bless. That's awesome.
0: Right. Let me on, throw, appreciate
2: let it. Me throw, let me throw something out
1: there for you, Pete. Yes, sir. Please make an album with you and Jake. <laughs> it, it will sell. Like people will will get it on iTunes. It will stream well on uh, Spotify. Like, bro, I all I could help but feel when I'm listening to that is I want more. Jake and
0: I have, have spoke about that, and I don't want to speak for him, but if I did in this moment, I know he would say of course he wouldn't care about the money or the sales, as long as it made somebody feel good, and Jake is really about the youth and the kids, too. He's really about modeling that and using his time. He really doesn't speak about it a lot, you know what I mean? But modeling his time and some of the things he does to make sure that youth in his community and other areas are, are straightforward in life um, as well as in other areas. You know what I mean? So I know that would be our ground and our basis before anything. If, of course, it would be hobby related first and foremost, but um, it, it's on the way. We've been talking about it for a while. So that was just a sneak peek of what's in store. Once things start to open up and we're able to do a little bit more, we're surely going to make that happen
1: man i can't wait i can't wait cuz it, 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 it you guys were flowing at such different frequencies yet it sounded so good together yep um, it 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 seemed like a phase one type of thing cuz cuz your guys energy it wasn't it wasn't quite meshing 100% like you like you could tell that you guys weren't physically in the same room vibing out the same energy but both of y'all energies were correct Right. And it's and and it was just I mean in their own right they both sounded so cool man and at the end by the end of it it did come together well even though it's it seemed like he because I, I seen Jake at a at a hundred and I seen Jake where he's kind of tamed where he's kind of you know kind of like oh I'm Jake doing my thing like oh, that, that was that tame that was tame.
0: That was that was that was just a layup finger roll. He was taking it easy on us right there. He didn't want to dunk it or do anything spectacular. That was a nice little layup he gave us right there. <laughs> he, he didn't want to make me almost, look too bad. He did, bad. Sound, it almost he did made me a favor. <laughs> he, he did me a favor. He didn't want to like Jake does that. He can do that. I just started trying and attempting it. He he does it. He's a man. I admire that guy. <laughs>
2: I like the juxtaposition. It kind of reminded me of, like, you know, when Diddy and Mace did, did their thing, and, and Mace yeah. is a very smooth smooth talker, you know, and it, it's different. Yeah.
1: I love that. I love that analogy. Very good comparison.
2: Yeah, so uh, I, I, I say we shoot the video at the National. I'll rent a couple of Lambos. Uh, it'll be all good.
0: Man, well, let's do it. And speak, Speaking of that, speaking of videos and National, and I know we're going to talk about, what trolling may or may not be um, um, in, in certain situations. I wanted to give us a shout out and a plug on our show because of certain things that we have said just to let our listeners know and be aware of what's going on, some of the questions that we've brought up. I know one time we made a, a question about what kind of hobby show would we have if we were to be given that opportunity and we we, we dropped some information about us specifically RPS with pack and slab being in some of these meetings and then now you see that Ken Golden has a show that's supposed to be coming out in the future right so I just wanted to let our listeners listeners know that when we're speak when we're asking these questions, and we're talking about these things it's kind of like the energy that that card killer was was dreaming about. Jake and I being on a song and then it happens. Sometimes you can speak these things to existence. You guys have been in the hobby for a while. So you feel what's missing. You feel what people may be (laughs) able to gravitate towards. And there's still gonna be a lot more of that on the entertainment end. And and I wanted to, Donnie, (laughs) I wanted to let you know that what you're doing in your life, bro, is gonna be a big part as well of what RPS is doing. Because we just had a meeting yesterday with another big production company and some uh, producers. And they they want to give us an episode on on, on a hobby themed show that's supposed to be airing on either um uh HBO or Netflix, whoever they pitched the show to. They're Ooh. they're cast they're casting some people right now, but they basically uh want us to come up with our own script and our own our own show. Essentially, we get to our own episode to be our own episode. And the things that we were telling them, man, cart, I have the script in for well, not the script, but I have our our fake script in front of me, card art is on there, linking up with Donnie B is on there, linking up with Naka, visiting different places, the studio, different things that we do in creating the podcast and all of these different areas and how we're going to bring that to and, and, and present that to the hobby. And I, uh, you doing what you do on stage, off stage, Donnie, we would love for you to be a part of that, bro. I know this is coming out of left field. I didn't talk to y'all off air about this, but you as well, card killer. Everything that, like I said, whenever we go into these meetings, it's never just RPS. We're always advocating for those who advocate for us in any space where we feel they can add value, more than we can or help support or bring it in. So we're either coming in letting everybody know this is how we're rocking or we're coming in and then we're making sure we leave the back door open so everybody can get in with us. So that's that's something that I wanted to announce here on our show. I wanted to make sure the next episode we gave that to the fans that we're, we're thinking of creative ways to bring this to the masses. And you can say it started uh, with, with some of the conversations that were sparked here and ideas that y'all have always had. So.
1: Let's keep it going. I love it. Uh, first off, yes, count me in. Uh, second off, I, I can't help but feel like we're, we're starting something that's so much bigger than us. You already know that. I, I, I know that you already know that. But by me even talking about uh, making a stand-up comedy set fully based around the hobby of collecting cards – that is a start. Then imagine three, four other uh, comedians also doing the same. Next thing you know, we have a whole show based around. It, it'll be the hobby show, you know. Right. And and afterwards, when when normal comedians would be like selling their DVDs and posters, be selling cards, man. You know, uh, <laughs> cards that we do. Cards that are of us, whatever it is, you know, cards, <laughs> literally whatever. I, I feel like I feel like there really is an uh, uh, an area to mesh the two together. Of course, I mean, of, of course, there are there there are probably more people interested in the hobby than are also trying to laugh. But there are definitely plenty of both.
2: Yeah, you got my mind rolling right now. So, <laughs> so that 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 hits me like a ton of bricks i'm like oh okay so like you know what we talked about we can actually kind of start like fleshing out oh uh, we gotta yeah. start we gotta we gotta get to work man we gotta have some meetings
0: we have to i mean it's it's happening it's happening i,
2: I feel right. we're still months away from it as
0: because this is not the only show there are several shows you know what i mean months, good.
1: Gonna,
0: months is very good but <laughs> it's it's definitely happening and I think even more importantly, whether it happens or not, it's just proof that we have the skill set, talent, ideas, IP to make it happen with or without the production companies or whatever is needed. We have the ability to put this project or a project together and present it to the masses or to the hobby or to our community in a way that that you know, this quality and 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 in, in informative and educational, and also makes them feel a certain type of way or, or makes yeah, it makes them feel this type of way, whether it's laughing, whether it's excitement, whether it's wanting to collect, but we we have that skill set so that's the that's the most gratifying piece I'm taking away from all of these meetings is that I feel like with the people that we know and we're connected to, and us, the hobby or these people in the entertainment world or everybody that wants a piece of it, they still need a lot of the people in the hobby in order to execute this. Uh, what they want because they have no idea what the hobby is what's going on and it's evident when we're in the room because we're the ones that have all the ideas you know what I mean so we're careful about what we present to them at the same time because um, if we know we're you know I'm saying we know we we're it and everybody we everybody else we know is the real deal why Why are we just going to tell y'all everything? Y'all just going to have to go talk to these people too and bring everybody to the table so now we can really make it happen, move everybody out the way, and now it's
2: our network. <laughs> yeah, man. I was glad to see that Ken Golden got got this, this thing going, and it, yeah. it feels good. But you know what that's going to be about. That's going to be him showing expensive cards, showing the process of the auctions, showing the process of, of a lot of money moving around, and obviously that that interests a lot of people and, and people who are going to be watching on, on, on television. Uh, but they're not going to be able to, they're not going to really see our side of it, uh, you know, with that show. They're, they're Because our show, you know, what we're doing is kind of like going from, you know, ground zero on up, you know. And, uh, you know, the creative the creativity may be there, but we know exactly what to expect with Ken's show. And I think we have something else to offer for sure. Oh,
0: oh for sure. Oh, oh for sure. Oh, for the card art angle, just that whole realm, like Donnie was saying earlier, anything that falls under that art umbrella is everything we do, everybody a part of our team does from anybody we're connected with. So it's going to be. And we always said, I remember when we first started creating content and music we were like, man, anybody who likes us, we have to like them and support them as much as they support us. And anytime we go through a door, we have to make sure if they have something to offer that we can't, we have to advocate for them in that space because we we feel like that we wouldn't be able to be here certain people weren't in the hobby for years and years before us and creating these lanes that made it possible for us to even want to come on and create content, you know, because yeah. if no one had ever created content, then who, we might not have ever done it before, you know, so, or, or, card art or even just, I don't know, it, it, it helps motivate and inspire. So we're going to keep doing that.
2: Yeah. And I think it could be just so much, hell of a lot more fun doing it on our side. I gotta tell you. And we can take everybody with us. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's part of it. I think that's yeah. important.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. me, me and Card Killer were just talking about some of the more famous names that have popped up into the hobby and watching them do some, some breaking of their own while they're on camera and pulling some, some super duper big cards and literally looking at it and having no idea what they just pulled. So... Um, with someone like Ken Golden making a show like this, it's going to for sure probably get more uh, attention into the hobby with a lot of people thinking, Oh, cool. Another, another way to make some money. It looks like I don't need to be a real estate agent anymore. I could do this. Um, but what there will always, and what there should always be a market for is the true collector that, that knows the ins and outs of the hobby that's super duper passionate about the hobby mm-hmm. we, we literally represent that you know in exactly. our own, in our own account we we represent it in our own
0: way and i'll say this i'll say this i'll say this on air then i'll i'll, I'll let you guys know off air um the the gentleman who is behind this particular project in the hobby is is someone who is uh <laughs> there, there's no one like I say it's someone much more iconic than ken golden and it will spark the hobby from youth to all generations it's going to re-spark the hobby in ways that um that we probably haven't seen in the well we probably we saw it last year probably similar to last year
1: <laughs> I think, think hip hop and rap is, is is such a great way to stay relevant and stay current and to connect with the youth, man. I mean, bro, I don't have kids, I don't work with kids, but I bet you rap is still popular as it's ever been, right? Yeah,
2: music, music in general, whatever, <laughs> whatever music that the kids gravitate towards, you yeah. know. I think I mean, maybe Pete found Kramer. Pete, did you find Kramer? <laughs>
0: I did. Somebody found him. I didn't find him.
2: Somebody <laughs> the whole time. So we did
1: So uniquely, um, I mean, I know you gentlemen are aware of it because you literally brought it to my attention. But here I am being in this world of the hobby of collecting cards and being that I love comedy. You know, I, I fancy myself as a comedian sometimes. And... There, there was a more risque type of picture. I think we could all agree on that. And I had made a, a comment, two words that, uh, to me, was a comp- like it was a joke that was completed. You know, all it all it took was two words, and the I not even don't even need to re- repeat those words even, but someone had gone out of their way to uh make their own account called like uh one eye open or some something weird like that and posted that picture and basically was trying to to torch my name as being someone that is um being inappropriate towards the females in the hobby, which no one no one has more love for, for females in the hobby than Pete really. But I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there after you, man. Like I want nothing but more, uh, but more ladies in the hobby, not, not in a, in a, I mean that in the most respectful way possible. But if you're gonna, if if you, if you're gonna come with something that you're, you're, you're asking for attention, you're going to get it sometimes, you know, uh, but that's where it kind of gets tricky for me cuz to grow as a comedian i need more comments like that not less of them but it's in it's all it's all it's it's a balance man you don't want to offend anybody but you want to get those laughs and uh yeah so that's that's a, a, a little expose on trolling fortunately that it, it got nowhere in fact it, it, that dude tagged like 50 people on the comments and every single one of them was like why are you tagging me like this is not this is not newsworthy stuff um yeah, so... u-
2: ultimately it was it was a really weak attempt at at you know trying to to bury someone that you know on, on the basis of, of something that wasn't strong enough to hold its own weight And it it, it disappeared just as quick as it came up and uh, as it should have, as it should have, it just came and went. And I was glad that no one made a a furthest think about it because it it really, it really did not have any legs. And uh, you know, it just goes to show that people, you know, are are willing to look at it for what it is and then be like, what is this? And not just jump on something that someone else says is offensive and then of course, I'm going to support that because if he says defensive, then it must be, you know, people really evaluated it quick and saw that it was just pretty bogus. And uh, we moved on. And that, that seems what it seemed like in my head.
1: All I have to say is if you truly want to call me out, don't do it on a, on a profile that is non-existent. Call me out. Dude. Who, who are you? Like, like use, use your credibility to call me out because I'm uh, this awful person. You, you you can't do it from a you know from a platform that doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, like we said, fortunately it didn't didn't go too far. But it, it it's a bummer. It's a bummer to know that uh, trolling is in full effect. It's more prevalent than uh, than ever before, and it's going to keep getting that way. So I. If I could give any advice to any people that are trying to expand their page in this hobby or make it, you know, more of a career or whatever, um, have some thick skin. Like you, you're gonna get hated on. You're gonna, whether it's whether it's valid or not, like it's gonna come. So, I, I, I wish that I could have uh, been prepared for all that type of stuff, but it's kind of a blessing to pass the word on and hopefully get through to some other, you know, people that are trying to make this, uh, uh, you know, more of a gratifying part of their life. And because, uh, trolling could prevent many people from wanting to even be on this platform. So fortunately it hasn't derailed me, um, or any of you guys, but, Let's get into our freaking questions. How do you feel about that? Let's
0: do it. All right. All right. So,
1: so turns out an anonymous donor grants you 3000 bucks, Mm -hmm. but you have to spend it all on one card Mm -hmm. and you have to keep that card for the rest of your life. I like that. Okay. Okay. And it's right. we're going off current cur- around current market value, right? Uh, sh- yeah, sure, that makes yeah. sense. All right.
0: All right. All right. Well, me, I thought about this, and for me, you know, I don't do the cards; I do the sealed wax. I like the boxes, and but it's because of specific. Most of the time, it's because of specific players that may be in that box or cards that may be in that box. So it's for hard. three thousand dollars. In today's market, thinking that I probably won't get this box for anything lower in the next, you know, few ever again, this is probably the lowest it will be. I'm gonna go with because I only have three thousand dollars, I'm gonna go with the 9697 Sky Box Premium Series One Hobby Box. 9697, as we know, it was Kobe, Iverson, Ray Allen, everybody else, Steve Nash. But um, they have the larger-than-life inserts. I think those fall about one every 80 packs. And the autographics in those FLIR premiums were about one every 70 or 70-something packs. So that would definitely... I think they had some Chicago Bulls tribute cards that were also maybe even one per couple cases. They were like 240 or 250 packs. You got one of those cards. But that would be... The box that I would spend my three thousand dollars with I have twelve dollars left after taxes
1: hey correct correct me if I'm lying, but was that the same box that you would bring to the islands uh from our from one of our previous uh episodes no okay <laughs> i I just I just felt like uh, it, it seemed familiar. I remember you talking about that box with uh, close. With- it, it was the, it was
0: probably nine six nine seven finest that I would bring to the islands. I believe that was it.
1: That would make sense. But okay, I'm the top's finest guy. So you, and then, so you got that box? Would you? Would you open it? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never.
0: You said I get to keep it for the rest of my life, Donnie.
1: Come on, bro. <laughs> Never. He's gonna be on his deathbed with just a bunch of unopened wax, just not even knowing what he had. Oof. Never know. Never know. Somebody will eventually, not me though. I don't know how you do it, Pete. Well, no, because you you have to keep it forever, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love it. It makes me happy. The the boxes are my PC. I dig it. I dig it. Like a mutual
0: fund investment.
1: You're a very special breed. I love you for it, man. (laughs) Uh, What's up with you, card killer? What you think, man? What you spending your three racks on, card killer?
2: Well, I I can't spend three grand on one card without without wanting it to be an investment piece. It's just the way I think. Like, I wouldn't just do that to tackle a card I want. Right. So even though I have to hold it on for the rest of my life, let's say, you know, I'm like, you know, if it's something I could pass down, you know, to someone important to me, maybe like, I definitely want it to be bigger when I get older. I would say that I would want to do something that would be a graded card. And I wouldn't want I want something that would be like a PSA in a PSA 10, maybe like worth like eight grand now. But I can get away with getting it for three grand at a BGS 95 because everybody's hating on BGS right now. And you can't you can you can find a BGS like a nine five at 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 basically a discount compared to a PSA ten. So I would go for like a, a card that you know would PSA ten more expensive, and then I try to get like a steal of a card where, like maybe because of the subgrades, you know the off it's off centered a bit, but who gives a crap because it still looks nice, and uh, and the card you know and the, like the corners are a nine five and you know, the edges are nine five and and whatnot. So it would have to be something in that category. And if I had to like choose like a card, uh, I'm not sure exactly where the price of these are going now, but like, I would kind of go for like some kind of early Mike Trout card, just because you know that they're gonna, they're gonna, be you know he's going to be in the hall of fame and you know he's not done with his career at the moment and the cards are still yet to see their peak you know maybe the the real expensive cards are seeing are seeing their peak but that that next level where it's close to his rookie card maybe it's a second year maybe like a big second year card or if you can find i don't know exactly how much the updates are going for now do you guys know that the current price on on the 2000 uh, 11 tops update rookie is nine five I believe is like 2,500 right so we're getting close there yeah. so something something like that where I you know the the centering may be a nine so I can get it at a good price or maybe it's a true gem and it'll cross over to a 10 PSA someday when PSA makes it convenient a crossover which I think it, they'll do someday because that i think is another part of their plan somewhere down the road they'll be like hey they'll give you an incentive to cross over a card from another company i think that's in the works i think you you can see that happening in the future just like a phone Smart. card company will cancel will buy out your contract and and if you right. jump over to another you know uh phone company so i think something like that will be you know once psa expands and they get bigger and bigger that that's an opportunity that will lie down the road for anybody who owns a BGS nine five. Yeah. So there you go. Like uh, a nice trout rookie. Maybe, maybe if if we could, if you can find a fine, like one of those really nice or finest rookies or something like that, you know, you know, it doesn't even have to be the update 11, but uh, that one's definitely a quote unquote iconic card coming to my question. If you guys are ready for it, because that was my answer.
1: Uh, I still have yet to answer
2: my own question. That's right. Okay, Donnie. Sorry about that. Go ahead. I
1: <laughs> um, I, I don't have a specific card. However, if someone handed me 3000 bucks to spend on one card, your boy would be adding his first autograph of either
2: Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah first auto card like from the 90s no i'm I, no, I
1: i would own my first autograph of either michael jordan or kobe bryant gotcha okay hey uh pete correct me if i'm wrong i, I could i could find an autograph of either of those for under three grand yeah i'm, I'm thinking if so probably wrong right
0: and right not 90s probably something more modern yeah yeah. You I'm for sure you can get one though for under three. Yeah,
1: I th- I think that's I think that's for I think of either of them really. Yeah, hey, I'm pretty sure they're going for about right at three thousand, you know. Right yeah, around twenty five, twenty five hundred. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if it's something uh upper deck maybe. Yeah, it's a trip to think of the like I mean Panini two thousand. Of of course, Kobe Bryant has passed away, so he can no longer sign anything. So, of course, it makes sense. But it's so crazy to just think of the the value of his memorabilia two years ago as of what it is right now. Um, That's what haunts me about my boxes, is
0: the potential of that man or other Hall of Fame autographs being in there.
1: Non-redemption autographs.
0: That's what haunts me. (laughs)
1: I, mean, dude, I, I I couldn't do it, man. I don't know how you do it. It blows my mind. I tell myself it's not in there. It is in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that to him. It's in there. So I was, it might, one, might be in one, one of
1: them. Dude, I think that I think that page uh talent sports opened up a box of finest and it ended up being a hot box. The, uh, from the from the ninety, I think it was 94, right? ninety four, right? He opened 95. that one. He opened that box back in ninety four,
0: ninety five, way back when, and he had them cards ever since. Or if it wasn't back then, it was sometime far, far, far long ago though. He opened that box a while back.
1: Okay. Yeah. Damn, he told can me that you, story. Can you imagine though? I mean, of course you could imagine. You probably spent hours thinking about it. Oh, oh. Man, what if one of these are a hot box? Yep, man. I would, dude. I, I, oh my goodness. I, I don't think that. Uh, I mean, I'm, 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 a, I'm a recovering drug addict, man. I don't think I, I've ever experienced a high that would uh, equate to opening up a box like that and just having it all be refractors, man. I, I, I would be through the roof. I could probably open
0: up all the wax, and if I got one
1: good auto,
0: it could potentially pay for everything that I spent. But I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: A little, a little FYI to the card artist out there: the older the refractor is, if you cut that up and put it into your work, the least it actually works out because they tend to separate uh, the the, uh, the refractor layer from the plastic Ooh, layer. That's a gang. So anything, anything before two thousand, like five or anything, you're kind of playing with fire. Just from my own experience. Hey KK, let me ask you this separate question. I remember
1: watching your old videos when you're slight you're literally ch- taking scissors to old tops chrome refractors pretty badass right some of them <laughs> some of them would start literally bleeding was that for real
2: <laughs> no dude I, uh, I had a basically a, a balloon full of um, with food coloring and water in my hand and uh, it was attached to a little straw and i would have the straw kind of right under my thumb so when i cut it i would squeeze it and it would just pour blood or f- fake blood obviously out of the card it was just a little movie magic to um to make it a, l- a little bit more interesting
1: bro i spent so much time thinking about that and then also chopping up old fractures like yo Where's the liquid at? No, no liquid inside.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's all movie magic, baby. The the one where I the, where I chopped the Kershaw head off and it just spurted blood out the neck.
1: Yeah. Well that same one, idea. That one obviously I knew it was a setup, but yeah, you had ones that were just like it would just like casually drip like like one little drop of like food coloring color, and I'm like, no way but but it fooled me bro i i mean i, I literally chopped up older fractures like wondering if that would happen
2: no hunter i i did this hunter pence and it had a really nice blue background so i i matched the color of the the food coloring to the card and when i cut it it kind of just looked like
1: the it was that- the
2: the, the liquid is escaping the card yes so it was a little bit of an illusion just you know the the early the early uh early ongoings of the card killer
1: Telling you, man, like it, 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 it takes going through all of your content to truly get the full grasp of how fucking awesome you are.
2: <laughs> she is, man. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. mean, definitely, uh, if you haven't got, if you go back, yeah, it's, it's basically like a timeline of the process. There's yeah. so many, so many ins and outs of, of how I approached it. And the things that I used to do two years ago, I, I still would enjoy doing uh right now i'm just you know working on you know the investors coming in and and giving me projects and and doing the commissions that i had promised people and i know that people some people have been waiting so goddamn long for and i trust me i i know you're out there and i i still have like this box here of of stuff that i got to get to um things you know obviously shit happens and stuff gets in the way every once in a while but uh if you've sent me something and you're out there Uh, it's, it it'll come, it'll come. One thing
1: thing that is for sure is you need to get your ass out here so you can start doing art full time, man. What? I know that you will have that little void in you, uh, from all the band and all the rehearsals and, and wanting to perform. I mean, we can get your band out here and, and, uh. But I mean, dude, you will be so much happier waking up every day devoting your life to the to literally letting your brain run free, man. To to not be suffocated by having to do all these other uh you know, jobs and, and whatever. Um yeah, I, I see it, man. I, I envision a great future for you. I hope that it happens.
2: <laughs> dude, make making art in paradise it could be worse. And, uh, it, trust me, it's in the back of my head and it gets bigger and it gets closer to the front of my head with each passing day. So when, uh, once that bridge comes, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be able to, to make a better, um, choices about it and, and, uh, we'll take it from there.
1: That's, that's when you, that's how you're going to be able to start knocking off all the names from, you know, months ago from all those commissions and whatnot, yeah. It's, I, mean, I can only imagine how difficult it would it would be when you're working on a nineteen sixty one Fleer set and you have a an old Wayne Gretzky that you're supposed to do from a year ago. Um it's it's tough to balance all that stuff. I, I'm I, sure I,
2: and I seriously do have a Wayne Gretzky to do. Yeah, I'm I, like, you're not I, joking. I, like it's I, there.
1: I shouldn't have said that. I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's definitely one of them. Um but anyway. If uh, I guess it was time for... You answered your question. I guess it's time for me to ask one. Hit it. Yes, Hit it. So uh, this one's pretty straightforward. I want you guys to count down from number five to number one, your most iconic cards of all time. And by that, I don't mean a pers- your personal choice of your five favorite cards, but what you think the industry's five most iconic cards are and why. And anybody can take it from there.
1: I'll, uh, I'll go I guess. Um, okay. So starting with number five, I'm gonna hit it with the uh, with the Billy Ripkin fuckface. Uh, can't really call it an error card, but it was one of one of those that kind of slipped through the cracks where he had the the two words fuckface on his bat barrel for his uh, I think it was 1989 New year card.
2: And yeah, the then, taboo card, the taboo. Correct,
1: and then. After that, I would say the uh, the Wayne Griffey rookie, which okay. I, I don't even know what year it is, but it's very iconic.
2: I think it's 79.
1: We'll go with that. Uh, next, I will say the 1989 upper deck Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Okay. And then with the number two spot, you're going to go with the Michael Jordan uh, 1986 rookie card. And number one would be the Honus Wagner 1909 T206 card.
2: Excellent, that's a good top five. Now, on a side note, like a B part of the question, what modern card would you consider to be uh, something that's going to be considered a future iconic card?
1: LeBron James rookie card.
2: The uh, the one number two ninety nine, the exquisite patch.
1: Well, that is already in a league of its own. But,
2: yeah. um, price I mean, wise, yes.
1: Not even that, man. Just like his, like his rookie refractor or something like that, or like the, like his uh, flagship rookie where he, he got drafted.
2: Yeah, my favorite's the uh, the Chrome uh, Black Border refractor.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I mean, and Mike Trout, you could say the update. Yeah, sure. That's a good yeah. too.
2: What about you, Pete?
0: All right, so for me it's hard to put them in in a particular order for yeah. me, but again, you know me being who I am and me being different um I'm going to go with the <laughs> product to more so yeah the product or it's not necessarily a box but more so a product okay that I feel kind of still the same card product, but for me, I'll start it off how am I going to put this in the top five order? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So I'll start it off with Pinnacle. Uh huh. Pinnacle. I, I say Pinnacle because Pinnacle, I oh. believe, was one of the first products. And somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Hopefully, somebody listens to this and answers back in the chat or DM. But, but I believe the creator of Pinnacle or CEO of Pinnacle back in the day was the first one to put the one on one plate inside of a product. So oh. I could be wrong. But if that's if that's factual, because those still exist today, uh, I I, want to give that its notice. Then, after that, I'm going to have to go with select. You can score select or just select early 1990s select football. I remember they had a box. I don't know if it was 91, 92 or 92, 93 select football. But that box looks identical to the 2013 select baseball box. Um, And just because it's select, and that's the first time we had select and we have select now. So that nostalgic part of it, I feel is still iconic in the hobby. And it's still a reason why a lot of collectors and investors still gravitate towards these products because we had these names back in the day. So Mm -hmm. I feel that. And then under that same breath, I'm gonna have to say playoff. Playoff contenders, I think playoff contenders specifically with those nowadays today, they have the uh, on-card autographs that are desired, uh, especially if you can get them in short print in in the NFL uniforms, rookie cards, or just period. And then I just remember the NFL playoff cards back in the day, those used to be dope too. And then following up with the last two and three spot, I probably should have moved this one to number four, but it's gonna be Revolution. Of course, I feel Revolution. There's a lot of collectors who love Revolution, especially modern day Revolution. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Revolution for them to that. And then to finish it off, Prism. Prism with an S and Prism with a Z. Though Both of those are hype and collectors like them investors like them they're attainable you can get them so prism everything if you notice my theme was every kind of modern and it was throwback at the same time so those would be my top five right there those cards right there
1: i can still get them old school and
0: i could get them new school
1: and be happy i I dig it i dig it kk what about you man i bet you uh, spent some time thinking about it
2: well yeah i made the question so uh (laughs) So let's see five. You know, there's a bunch of runner-ups because there's cards that are you could probably consider more iconic than the one than the ones that I picked, right. but I picked them for a reason. So five, I'm going with the 2001 Chrome Albert Pujols autograph refractor number to 500. Now oh. I think that that card has taken a back seat in recent days because of just Mike Trout. Maybe sitting at the top of that reason of that list uh for that reason and and maybe other iconic cards like kind of scooting their way above it but well, you listen, think about... listen hold
1: on hey uh google's just got released from the angels didn't he
2: yes he did he got released so he... today
1: even a uh, more controversial answer for you because it's becoming less iconic by the day now
2: yeah the thi- i mean when when a when a, a hall of famer's career kind of fizzles out that's kind of like the way the cards go and it's it's and it doesn't take a bounce back until after they retire and after like I they're do. in the, the hall um, that's just the way it goes except for maybe with the exception of Tom Brady because he doesn't seem to ever stop but you know that card itself though was like one of the first cards to combine all these these new elements in in the hobby and completely explode at the same time you know the cards that were numbered it, have only been out for a couple of years um, you know, the autographed issue it had only been out for a couple of years, but like the first one that hit, like to make a really big impact in the, in the card industry was that card. And they rolled that for like six or seven years and, you know, dropping eight grand for that card in 2007, that was a big number for a card back then, you know? So, yeah. so that, that, that would be my number five, just because of how iconic it was treated in the hobby. From 2001 to, let's say, 2012, even. You know, something for that long until Mike Trout obviously took the reins. Um, Number four, I'm going with the 1909 T209 Honus Wagner. Mm. Because that obviously, that's an image that's embedded in every single collector's mind. And you may look at it as an old Mm. relic, uh, most older people look at it as the best card ever, you know, it has a nice story, but it definitely sits there as one of the most like prized treasures, you know, unobtainable pretty much <laughs> in the hobby, but very expensive piece of paper. Uh Number three, the Jordan 86 Fleer, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, this is, this was a card that was actually quite obtainable if you were in your 20s and the eighties, because, you know, you, that card they knew was overproduced when they made it everybody kind of knew it and everybody could pick up a jordan rookie for 100 200 bucks and you know it only recently and it stood and it stood for so long at let's say 20,000 bucks right you guys right. would agree yeah like no for the longest fact. time i mean for a decade for a it sat at that price for a while. you know before yeah. it ex- before it exploded so uh, it was quite an obtainable card, but it was definitely, obviously, you know, it's a beautiful card and an iconic image. And obviously it's since it's Jordan and it's considered Jordan's best rookie card, you know, there you go. Number three, number two is for me, is the 1952 tops Mickey Mantle, mm. basically for the same reason as the Honus Wagner, it, it, you know, it's iconic. It's, a, it's a beautiful card, you know, the legacy of the Yankees and, and him as a player, it's just you know all the all the good things about collecting are in that card. And I
1: sacrificed so, it. I sacrificed that for the fuck face card. Yeah,
2: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to have like a little variety in our, our in our list, you know. Otherwise, everybody yeah, you, just me, man. <laughs> yeah, but you know the mantle. It's something that kids, you know, flipped and and played with when they were kids, and you know it wasn't like in a time where. You know, you were collecting cards for investing. You were just throwing these things around. Uh so the mantle in the in a sense has the iconic history of, you know, basically of the whole culmination of decades of, of card collecting. But, you know, it sits in the beginning. So yes. where I leave my number one, my number one is is Griffey's 89 upper deck. Yes. And I put it at the top of the list just simply because it it sparked an entire generation to get back into cards. And there's no card on this list that actually did something like that. You know Um, it, it created the boom of the nineties. It created so Mm. much innovation Mm. and it stands alone as the card that sparked, you know, millions of kids to get back into card collecting and, you know, for their fathers to appreciate it and for those kids to raise their own children and get into cards. So it's it's for me, it's the most iconic card just simply because of its impact, its instant impact. And I, you know, and recently it's gone up in price, but it's still quite, kind of obtainable. Like you can get a near mint copy for 100 bucks. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, it reminds me of my childhood and it reminds a lot of people of their childhood. But it's something that like, you know, they you would show your kids and be like, that's what I collected when I was a kid or your grandfather would be like, oh, that's the card my son collected. You know, he didn't like the mantle, blah, blah, blah. But it's always in the conversation because it's, it's always made an impact. So that's why it sits at top at number one for me. And if I were to do any kind of runner-ups, it'd, it'd be the Trout rookie. It would be maybe the Luca Prism rookie. I think that that card is going to maintain its value just as long as, you know, he he maintains a healthy career. And that's my answer.
1: Yo, what I was thinking, man. Uh, for all of the vintage guys, like you got Mickey Mantle, uh, you, even I mean Joe DiMaggio. I don't, I I don't even know his situation on cards. Like I, I don't I can't sit here and and think of any iconic Joe DiMaggio cards. But um, Mickey yeah. Mantle, like he must not have had. I mean, there, there there weren't very many companies back then, so he couldn't have had very many rookie cards. Like that was his that was his rookie card, and now you got someone like Ken Griffey Jr. in nineteen eighty nine, who had what
2: thirty five rookie cards. Yeah, right. I mean, I, you could probably <laughs> say about fifteen strong ones, and then a bunch of like knockoffs and like lower, Unlicensed. like not licensed, kind of, you know, kind of versions. You know, we're we're talking like top score, upper deck, Don Russ, and uh, and and that's about it. And then if you want to get into sports flicks, or you want to get into like the McDonald's cards, or like the Mother's Cookies, then then you got a lot. But he's got a
1: bunch. He's got a bunch of in betweeners as well that are like not quite as rookie, but not quite his second year. Um, He's got a bunch of in betweeners. Uh, But yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to think of how the industry has changed over time to where a player has so many different rookie cards to choose from yet one stands alone as being worth a hundred times more than any of the other ones.
2: I know. And there's a good case for the Bowman 51, but you know, the, the the 52 tops has left that one in the dust for the mantle. You know, there's, there's, there are mantle cards that are earlier that that, you know, that 51 Bowman is there, but it's it it's not even in the conversation because people are paying for the fifty two tops. But you're right. But you that know, is
1: good, right. Like like, wouldn't you think the earlier card would be worth significantly
2: more? Yep, you would think so. You would think so. But the popularity lies in the tops one, uh, because it is card size. It's two and a half by three and a half. The fifty one Bowman is small by comparison. Uh, maybe that has a contributing factor to it. The image alone, the color is a little brighter on the 52 Tops. I love the image on the 51 Bowman. Um, I think it just, it falls short, even though it's a year earlier. It's kind of, it worked out that way. That's just the way it worked, you know?
1: Year, right. Years of marketing and years of, of influencing the
2: other way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, <laughs> ultimately it's up to the collector to to, to decide. And, you know,
1: Actually, and obviously
2: they've made their choice, so but that's another show, right? <laughs> <laughs> or you can collect the 2000 Luka Doncic rookie cards that are available and you could spend your entire life getting those.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, so I think that's Pete, right? Uh, Pete turn to answer
0: or to ask a question. Right. Okay. All right, so along the same lines of cards because we all have our top five cards or products and things that we like. Let's talk about some things that we don't like in relation to these cards or products. So what card or product or set are you not happy with um, now? So a card or a set that, that was released before and you may not be happy with the design or something about it just doesn't sit well with you. I'll start off since I had the question. I have a lot of them. Like KK said, he had a few runner-ups. I have a lot of runner-ups in this category, but just for one, and I'll stick with it, Revolution, Um, Panini Revolution specifically. I won't even bring Kramer into this or Pacific into this, but where it was originally from 2015, 16, 16, 17, 18, 19, to where it is now in 2021, I feel like the quality has just dropped off tremendously. Revolution used to be a product where you can look forward to getting your on-card autos every few boxes. And now you can rarely get an on-card auto in that box. Everything's a sticker auto. So for that reason, I'm putting Revolution there. And a runner-up I have to mention are some of these Kaboom inserts that are circulating now through the market Uh, previous kaboom inserts used to be actual cards that you can tell an artist put hands to and created that card and now kabooms have turned into photographs and nothing against photographers because they're important too but i feel like that art from the kaboom that creativeness that that it's it's missing now it doesn't give it the same hit the same The same glow. So those would be my two. I'm gonna cheat it that cheated an extra one in there.
1: Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in next because I have I have like a a a little sting to throw in there, but I don't have like a specific I don't have a specific make or set, but something really rubs me the wrong way about player worn relics. Uh-huh. and I know this is a, a, a pop this, this is literally a topic we could probably do a whole show over but um, I mean there are documented many cases of like relics, I mean player worn relics that weren't even player worn. I mean it, it gets it gets that deep um, but we still buy it. people still buy it. Uh, it still has a spot in the market. Everybody wants a nice patch card, but nobody wants to pay uh, more than they can afford. Um, but I think it, it takes away from the specialness of what that should mean. I mean, when, I remember when I was a kid, a uh, game war and relic was a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. I, I never pulled an autograph as a kid, but I pulled a, uh, I pulled a couple of relics. And to, th- that really sparks your imagination as a kid. You're like, yo, man, he wore this. While, I man? he probably turned a double play while he wore this. Uh, he he might have hit a home run while he wore this. But to now think of, like, a sad old man that's retired from football f- for 30 years, sitting in a room, uh, putting on and taking off, like, 15 jerseys, um, that's crazy to me, man. Um Yeah, Like I said, it just kind of takes away from the specialness of all of the actual game-worn. And uh, also, I wish that that was a little bit more regulated and there was more physical proof of all the game-worn relics. I do love how they are now having the little MLB certs. I don't know if they're doing it for really any other sports, to be honest but there are like MLB hologram certification numbers that you can, you can literally uh, look up the game that that Jersey was worn for your little relic. So um, yeah, that's my, that's, that's my gripe. That's my, that's my
2: two cents. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I thought about it a little myself, what I would go for. And I, I wouldn't say that, It's because I think the product is getting worse and worse. It's just that I think that the potential of the product getting better and better is not there. Um, And that product would, for me, would be Allen and Ginter. They have so many opportunities to, to make that set unique. And they've been trying, they Mm. do this here and there. I mean, like 10 years ago, Allen and Ginter was a fun set. I remember seeing that George Washington, a relic where, you know, a strand of his hair is in, in the card itself. And I thought that was an amazing card. And that came out, well, I think in 2009 or something.
1: Just hit the market again, KK. Oh,
2: okay. So it's I'm a, you know, something like that is out there and it's, I love something like that. Uh, nowadays, you know, I think they're, they're, you know, they have the opportunity to take a new shot. And I think there's been a couple of misses rather than hits lately. I don't really appreciate ripping open a card to find another card inside of it. Uh, Something, you know, just destroying one card to get to another card, even though it may sound like something that I would really enjoy. Coming from you? What are you talking about, bro? (laughs) It seems like I would really enjoy it. But but let's say, you know, it's a Mike Trout card and, and like there's a strip on the back where I have to basically take the card apart if i want to see if there's a crap card underneath you know i'd feel horrible Yeah. but that kind of risk that kind of like you know push and pull on on your heartstrings on on whether or not you want to rip it open i I just i it kind of falls flat for me uh the the unique autos are great you know i hope they keep that going each year they they put pop culture into that stuff and uh, I, I just think that there was a better time for Allen and Ginter. And I, I don't want to look at them as like old man cards being produced today anymore. You know, I want to I want to think of it as a as a fun, innovative product now. And I just want them to keep that innovation strong. And and, and you know, hopefully they do a better job going in the future, you know, because it's also something that no one really looks to the Allen and Ginter rookie cards because all the other flagship, you know, uh, lines are are taking the spotlight, you know. Uh, So I think there's room for innovation and Alan and Ginter can, uh, can be there and they can do it. I just, I hope that they come up with um, stronger ideas in the future, you know, hopefully better, better, uh, better days lie ahead.
1: I would love to touch on the same subject of specifically Alan and Ginter. One of my all time favorite sets, love it, love it, love it. Mm -hmm. When I first started working at the comedy club, maybe a year later, I realized that Alan and Ginter had a bunch of comedians so I could start getting comedian cards signed at my work. Like that was, that was a fun, great year. uh, Yeah. That was, that was a, that was a fun form of gratification. And with all of that being said, I came across so many cool ones, but then I started paying more attention to who they release each year. And I think 2018 they had Tom Segura. That I'd say that was the last like good year of comedians for their set. Then mm-hmm. they, they they're, they're really reaching now, man. And now that I am and in, intertwined with the stand-up uh, comedy world, I know who got, I know who's got talent. I, dude, I know who deserves a card, brother. I know who deserves a card and who doesn't. And they are. They they've been throwing up some real disappointing hits, bro. Like some 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 dude. I mean, if I've been working at the biggest stand up comedy club in San Francisco for three years, and dude, there should never be a, a comedian that I've never heard of. <laughs> first off, in the set, and then you look you look up who they're talking about, and it's even more proven that they don't deserve a card. So. I do wish that they put a, a team that actually did a fair amount of research because uh, there's a lot of room for improvement there. You get, you get comedians that are actually noteworthy and actually hot to where there's people in the hobby and they like stand-up comedy. You can really I – mean, I mean, obviously, as you guys know, uh, maybe Pete knows a little bit less – but I was working on formulating an actual card set of stand-up comedians. So no, I think no one would be more uh, suited for that job than myself. <laughs> but, um, I mean, why would you want some comedians that no one talks about or no one has ever heard of? Um, I mean, I, I understand about throwing a bone and, and, and you know, giving – Giving people credit where credit's due, but leaving out other people that have credit where it's due before, uh, you know, it, it just uh, there's room for improvement. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, so I'm going to play, before we move on, I'm going to play devil's
0: advocate. Where just I, I agree with the both of you, but I'm going to play devil's advocate <clears throat> because I feel like while yes, Alan Genter has space to improve and innovate and they've thrown certain things in cards that have been appealing and creative right and other so much but i also feel like if we take it back to alan jenter and their purest form and where they were even listen before they made baseball cards or added baseball cards to their sets and collections right they were their cards were mostly about animals states rocks And all these other obscure things that we get in there so are we asking them to move totally away from that and create something different are we asking them to just make those specific cards more appealing as well because when i look at alan Gentle, i want it to be more appealing too but at the same time looking back at its original roots i feel as if it's supposed to be exactly what it is i feel like they're already given us a lot more
2: they have given us a lot and i think What I'm trying to get at is when you innovate and make a card about, let's say uh, a location, like a, Mm -hmm. you know, a national Mm -hmm. park or something. Landmark or or something. Right. Yeah. Like a landmark. Mm -hmm. That's a cool idea. You may, you know, if you like the landmark, you collect the card. That's fine. But just the innovation of that alone is, is what I'm saying is that, well, why don't you just, just take the, the, um, the mindset, of that innovation and innovate uh, new things, you know it doesn't right. have to be. You don't have to make a new set of other landmarks because we've seen right. it. But you, the fact that you made it, that set alone shows that you're willing to take those shots. So, it's like, you know what? Take more shots. Keep doing it. I know? don't think they. I don't think they had those same people. I think it's because I
0: believe. I don't know if it's the same gentleman, but I know there was a gentler set that had a dinosaur, like dinosaur fossils within the cards or something. And now the, I know the gentleman carving it was awesome. his idea to put it in there, right? But he's not with them anymore. So like you said, maybe it's just not the same people who are, had those ideas.
2: Yeah, dude, get him back. i to get, get him back.
0: <laughs> he's the same guy who made Exquisite too. Same guy who made Exquisite and a few other designs amongst the hobby, some hobby favorites. But he made Exquisite. And I know he's the one who put those artifacts actually inside of Alan Genter when he moved over the tops.
2: Awesome. Awesome. That's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm talking about. I want to get that. But he <laughs> said it wasn't a bat hit. Bat.
0: He said he loved it, but he said nobody else. It really wasn't that. He, it was his idea. He loved it. He had to fight for it, of course, to get on the market in, in, a, in a pack, right? But he said it didn't stick as well as he felt it was. and Obviously, you felt it was. I think that's exactly where it should be, is keeping it Alan Genter, but taking it there. So I feel you. Thanks for explaining that and breaking that down.
1: Yeah, of course, of course, you want to keep the same formula and and pay homage to the roots. But there's ways of doing that while adding to it rather than showing some type some form of incompetency with uh, just choosing things that are that that could be better suited for other things. But I guess that's, uh, that's I guess that's a little subjective. You know, you cannot please everybody. Right.
2: Exactly. Yo just just a whisper in your ear that have an Alan Gainter make a card art set featuring one of one card artist. Just just let you let you know.
0: Right. Oh,
1: my <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, mom, I pulled a Donnie B one of one.
2: <laughs> All right guys, we can move on. You guys uh, wanna do some shot shotting out shotting out tonight? that double s nope okay all right uh
1: let me let me start this one you want to
2: start off nope nope (laughs) all right let me let me do one quick it's kind of related to the troll issue that we had earlier uh that that kind of theme going this is kind of like um not so much of, of of someone trying to fight a troll but just trying to um uh, just kind of putting a spotlight on people that weren't that aren't doing the right thing in the hobby. And that's my boy, Sports Card Scammers of IG. I
1: knew uh, it was going there. What's that? I said I knew it was headed there.
2: Yeah. So, Sports <laughs> Card cards, Scammers of IG, separate every word with the underscore. That's his page. Uh, this watchman has been in, in the hobby for a, a minute, and he's been calling out scammers left and right and they're pissed at him and it's making me love it and uh you know i just wanted to shout him out they got his account shut down though yeah no of course they're reporting him you know he's you know he's he's they're in the pot it's kind of right up my alley man so uh i just wanted to, to uh commend him for for the efforts that he's doing and to know that that we're watching it and and we're paying attention and He's making us all aware of people that are, are, are doing some shady shit in the, in the industry. And uh, I definitely appreciate appreciate his efforts because it ain't easy, man. It ain't an easy job, but he's doing well. Oh, Cheers, yeah.
1: man. Accountability is key. And uh, without people like him, a lot of people don't have to face up to accountability. So yeah. uh, thank, thank God he's uh, in the hobby. And we are blessed to share the social media hobby with him
2: he yeah. definitely plays a very important role. Um, He's recovered money for for many people, man. I, it's really an awesome job. He's doing well.
0: Let's yeah.
2: go. And uh, so, man,
1: you guys have probably noticed uh, some of my posts do better than others. And every time I get personal, my posts tend to do real well, which is awesome. I love when... People connect to the real human being that I am rather than some dude that's just cutting up some cards or whatever. And I get some real generous people from time to time. I, I mean, I get a lot of people that will hit me up and just want to send me cards to work on. Maybe they have a bunch of non sport cards or wrestling cards or just similar to the cards that I've been making, Marvel or whatever, uh, refractors all that stuff. And uh, I had a gentleman do the same thing, which was awesome. I, Like I said, I did. I appreciate the hell out of anyone that connects with me and, and feels I'm worth sending cards to man. Like, that's awesome. But this gentleman is actually a therapist and he just, just really uh, connected with my, my trials and tribulations and whatnot and was you know it's, it's kind of cool to have somebody you don't even know uh very well be proud of you so that was a real big compliment and he he had won a, a signed jersey in a in a break that he had no use for it was not a player or a team he was a fan of and he thought i might like it and he was correct and and he's sending it my way man and that's a, a jersey of josh jacobs on the Raiders. Ooh. Nice. That's a big one, man. Hey. And, um, yeah, beautiful, and that's beautiful, dude, b- a beautiful item. Can't wait to have it on the wall. So every time I go live, he can see it up there and know that he uh, made a difference, at least in my life. And that gentleman is at Dan W two three eight four, lowercase D A N W number two three eight four. Dan, man, thanks again, brother. I uh, wanted to give you a little shout-out. All right. Today, my shout-out
0: is going to go to Card Shows. It's an Instagram account where this gentleman basically posts any upcoming card show that he knows about or has gotten word about. And for me, it's been great because reentering this new age hobby as many of uh, us like to call it, my um, guy Naka specifically, uh, it's been hard for me to really know what's going on, where it's going on, and find a main place to go. And for me, that's been the main place I go. And then it also supports a lot of everybody's content around the hobby. You always see that page. Sharing a whole bunch of different creators and collectors and, and things like that. So, just to have one positive page where people can go find out where they can meet up or go to a card show, I think is great and amazing. And then he also has an, a separate account, Atlanta Cards, where he just shares his personal collection and, and things like that. So, shout out card shows for sure. And I'm looking forward to meeting him next week in Dallas for that card show, too. So I'm excited about that.
2: Nice. That sounds good. You're going to Dallas, Pete? Yeah, again. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome, awesome. You get to see, uh, hook up with Sports.Collector. And uh, you, I have a couple of card art pieces at that table. You can check them out.
0: Oh, yes, I
2: have to. I have yeah, to. I mean. You already know. I, you know I will. <laughs> yep. Get a picture. Get a picture. Send me some pictures.
1: If <laughs> you know I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man, when you see his art in person, it's game-changing.
2: I got to see
0: the hat, remember, uh, about a month ago or a while back, not too long ago. I got to see the hat in person, and
1: it was... I've never seen it in person, but I've seen it uh, uh, on film.
0: I stared at it. We stared at it for at least 10, 15 minutes and talked about it and went and looked at refractors in the case. I went back and looked at the card. I mean, at the hat. like, wow, yeah, that's it right there. (laughs) Even if it's not that card, that's that product right there <laughs> that
2: was dope awesome i wish i could make it out there with you but i think uh chicago is, is definitely the the destination
0: i'll be out there too if that's happening i'll be out there too i have to nice
2: yeah, we all right we boys do. that sounds like yeah. a wrap we had a we had a nice little session today yeah uh, we'll pick one up next week and uh you guys have a wonderful evening and i will speak to you guys soon
1: Yeah, I'll see you. uh, I'll see y'all at episode eight, and then we'll catch y'all outside the wax.
0: Right. Peace. All right, community.